Excited to be with you this morning. Uh, slightly challenged with having to follow Gordon Ferguson and this fan coming out of the socket there. But uh, Gordon's one of my favorite preachers. You guys have heard me say that uh, before. And so I'm challenged and honored at the same time being able to follow one of my favorite preachers in the world, but also uh, recognizing the task before me to uh, follow a man that makes it look so easy to do what uh, he was doing just a few minutes ago. Uh, so, brother, thank you so much for uh, guiding us back to God. We love you for it. Over and over again, you've meant so much to us. And so uh, I'm, I'm very appreciative to have opportunity to sit at your feet. My thoughts uh, at this time are going to combine both the communion and contribution together. And I wanted to lead our thoughts and focus on the impact that God is making in people's lives all around the world. Because as we sit here today, there are people worshiping God throughout this glorious planet that we sit on, right? And impact is being made on people's hearts. So I start off with a young man's conversion story. So this is a guy who shared his uh, story with me, and it's based on a true story, but some of the names have been removed to protect the guilty. So uh, I won't share many names because uh, some people will be indicted that actually uh, know these people and sit in this room, actually. So, but I won't share a lot of bad stuff. So, you know, so, I mean, this is going to be PG. So there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, let me see, it's preteens in here. There's a lot of, uh, you know, other rated stuff that could be shared. We're not going to share that. But the, he was telling me, I mean, his story goes that the year before he became a disciple, he now looks back in hindsight and recounts all that God was doing to prepare him to respond to the message about Jesus Christ. So unbeknownst to him, one of his best friends while he was away at college uh, actually had become a disciple of Jesus. Right? And he didn't know that uh, during that time. And that would become pretty important in just a moment. But while he was on his campus, he was a college student at the time, while he was planted on his campus, God surrounded him with so many spiritual influences. He had a lady that he worked with in a work-study program, an older lady, that he was able to ask some questions about God as he began to search. He had a guy in his dormitory that God just uh, had him run into, right, as, as that would happen. Uh, and that guy began to share some thoughts with him about Jesus, and they began to do some community service work together. And so he joined him out in the community doing some work because he knew what was right, and he knew he wasn't living that way, right? And we've all been there at that from time to time, haven't we, right? We wanted to change, but we weren't ready to make that leap. As, as Gordon talked about a moment ago, we had that line that was drawn, clearly defined line that we weren't willing to cross at the time. Uh, he also had one of his best friends from high school that changed his life. His, his actual physical brother, biological brother, made some changes in his life but he wasn't able to sustain those changes. However, through all of these spiritual influences that surrounded him, he couldn't help but ask himself, why not me? What's stopping me from changing? Right? I mean, I'm seeing guys I've grown up with, guys I've shared, you know, times with, guys I've played sports with. They're changing their lives, and he had to ask himself the same question, what about me? You know, and a few hundred miles away, during the same time period, God was preparing a mission team to be sent 
to his hometown. See, all these things are happening in the spiritual realms that, you know, in the physical and the natural, we wouldn't understand it. Even if somebody explained it to us, we wouldn't get it. So that mission team was planted in his hometown, and he described the original mission team that came as a unique and different bunch. That's how he described them. <laughs> and he said, honestly, he said, the church was so different that he couldn't see himself becoming a part of it. It was too different. Tied to some of the things Gordon was just talking about in his blog, right? You guys follow me there. But as God would have it, his best friend had just become a member of the church. So he thought to himself, maybe I'll just give it a chance. And so he goes out, visits, begins to study the Bible with his best friend and some of this other unique bunch, right? They taught him the Bible, taught him about Jesus Christ, all that Jesus means, all that he did for him specifically. And the young man was encouraged in his faith enough to make some changes, and he began to live for Jesus. He became a disciple. And since that day, this guy has now, he's responsible for helping hundreds of people become disciples. And he has shared the gospel about Jesus Christ with thousands of people. And it's, a, it's an incredible story. But you may be asking yourself right now, well, well, what's so significant about it for us? I mean, we, I understand the conversion story. Uh, many of us have conversion stories that are similar. But what's so significant? What's significant is that that church, like many others, was planted and started from donations given from the Dallas church. It's because of you, brothers and sisters, that that young man had an opportunity to learn about Jesus and the change that it could make in his life and then to affect so many others' lives. He's now committed to doing that for the rest of his life. And we have a, a special contribution that will be giving, and uh, we have uh, May 21st set aside as a service where we're going to give our special contribution in a few weeks, and I want us to turn over to Philippians chapter 4. You turn with me. I like Philippians 4 because there are many passages in the Bible about giving, giving faithfully, even passages that um, capture the heart of a special contribution, like a one-off or something to support others. But in Philippians 4, it's a passage that I came across that I really enjoyed because it was from the perspective of someone receiving support on the mission field. Apostle Paul is sharing his story. We're going to start in verse 14, but just before verse 14, I always, I'm really captivated by Paul sharing that he knows what it is to be in need and he knows what it is to have plenty. He said, I've been at the top and I've been at the bottom. But then in verse 13, he makes this statement. I can do all things through Christ who gives me, who gives me strength. And now you got to understand, this is a guy on the mission field. He had just finished talking about receiving contributions from people in support of his ministry. But Paul makes the statement that he could do all things through God who gives him strength. And so the reason why that always encouraged me is because whether I give or not, God will make sure people have what they need 
on his mission field. He's going to take care of the needs. He doesn't really need me. So Apostle Paul and many people throughout the world right now that are on the mission field, they don't need our money. But they need our money. Think about that. And as we go into verse 14 here, I love the way that this captures the spirit of giving. Because as we read through it, you're going to see a shift in perspective. Giving is all about sacrificing from us, right? And giving to meet other people's needs and making sure that other people will have an opportunity or can benefit in some way. Boy, this passage is encouraging. Verse 14 says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Some of us have been sacrificing for special missions for decades more than once we've given, more than once we've sacrificed, more than once it's been hard. And Paul is saying, I get that, but boy, I'm sure grateful for it on my end. Not that I desire, he goes on to say, your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. What account? What is Paul talking about here? What account is he describing? I thought I was withdrawing money from my account. So what account is he talking about being credited? See, when we make a withdrawal from our physical accounts, we're making a deposit into a spiritual account that God has created and set up for us. I hope you caught that. My goodness. He says, I have re received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. No matter what the monetary amount is, it is a fragrant offering. It is pleasing to God. And it's so encouraging. This next sentence is the main point, or at least one that stands out to me. He says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. What needs are we talking about? I thought I was the one giving. I thought I was meeting the needs. But now I have an account and God is planning to meet my needs. It reminds me of the proverb, right, Gordon, where it says, he who gives to the needy lends to the Lord. What happens when you lend something to somebody? They pay you back. They owe you something. And most often they pay you back with what? With interest. Boy, I hope you guys caught that. <laughs> because our mission offering is going to save lives. 
it's important, it's valuable. This year's mission offering is going to serve the churches throughout Eurasia. You know, all the disciples that are, you know, in that huge expanse of territory, Mexico City and all the, the churches that it supports, over 4,000 disciples. The hospital in Bolivia has benefited from this. The, the Hope Hospital in Cambodia, where the Schusters are now going to serve all of the smaller churches throughout Texas that we're trying to strengthen, similar to the story we talked about earlier of that mission team being planted. In all of these places, our sacrifice goes to support God's work in that region. It's God's work that we're supporting. You know, I was watching uh, one of the news outlets last week. I was sharing this with Todd over lunch this weekend, and I was just listening to, you know, all the propaganda, and I don't remember what station it was, because I don't want to polarize the audience today, right? If I tell you what station it was, and all of you guys will judge me, but anyway. <laughs> but my point is how easily we can be influenced by the media. We got to make sure we don't become inundated with that which is being reported, because if, if you didn't know any better, you would think we were at war with Russia right now. You would think that we were at war with Mexico. You would think that Mexico was trying to collapse our borders. Well, you know, kind of, you know, that's why the wall is going up, right? But, but you would think that we had armies at the border trying to come across into Texas, California, and all the states. We don't, guys. I don't think we've been at odds with Mexico since probably the Alamo or something, right? We have great relations with Mexico, Canada. But if you listen to this stuff too long, you begin to think that. And then I began to think, and I was telling this, telling this uh, story to Todd. I said, I hope that those of us that actually follow the latest, you know, updates and current events, I hope we are not allowing our convictions to be influenced or watered down by what we're hearing. Because you hear a special contribution that says it's going to the Eurasian churches throughout Russia, and you're like, we're, we're, we're at war with Russia. Mexico City, oh, no, we don't want the Mexicans. And we've got to make sure that we have the right perspective. And so I was, I was just thinking to myself, I said, even if we were, at, think about this, even if we were at war, really at war, our brothers and sisters in those regions would still need our support. And they will probably need it even more so then because people will be calling out to God and it would be a more sensitive environment that they're sharing the gospel in. They will really need our donations then. Don't you agree? And so, you know, in Philippians 3, just before we, we, what we read in, in chapter 4, there's a passage here that captures, I think, the mindset that we've got to be careful to avoid. And it says, for as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, in verse 18, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And some of the brothers serve a big God. Is that right? <laughs> what a mighty God we serve. <laughs> But let me get focused here. But it says, it goes on to say, their mind is set on earthly things. And we've got to make sure we don't get inundated with earthly things, influenced by that. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await 
a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're not just citizens of the U.S. or Russia or Mexico. We're all citizens, true citizens of heaven. We, have, we are eternal nationals. That's our brother and our sister over there. And we've got to be conscious of that. We had some guys that shared powerfully last week about special contribution at the leaders meeting. Ben Arcelana and the sister that, that uh, planted the, the uh, ministry down in Haiti. And one of the things I walked away with that impressed my soul was she said that every dollar that's given is a soul. It's a person. And she talked about the families that were converted and, and how the gospel spread throughout Haiti because of the contributions that went into those regions. And I also want to mention that, or oh, it made me think that every member of the Dallas church has been a beneficiary of a special contribution. Because the Boston church put together a team of people that made a sacrifice and where they lived and, and the resources and sent, that, sent those guys down to Dallas to start this church. Gordon was very instrumental in that, putting that team together and helping them to get ready to come down here. And that's the reason why the names of the people I shared in the story earlier were removed. Because so many of us share that same story and that same experience. It applies to so many of us. So as we prepare for special contribution, as we pre prepare for our contribution this morning, and as we prepare for communion as well, I want to close out with Philippians 4 and verse 6. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God is able to change lives, to direct resources where they need to go, and I'm just praying that he will move our hearts to be willing to participate in that. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you love us. We're grateful that your son has died on the cross, that we might be able to hear the gospel understand it and be able to change in our lives. Father, we're so grateful that someone had the courage and the love, as Gordon described earlier, to tell us about their best friend. Father, I thank you so much for sending your son to communicate to us how much you love us and that you're always going to be with us. As we take communion this morning, may we be reminded of that sacrifice May we be also moved in our hearts to share and participate in this by sharing it with others. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.